Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. This is episode 301. We got a lot to talk about, actually. I got some uh, some topics that I'm quite excited about. We're finally going to get to the from the galleries. We've got Matt Stell, who is a country musician. Uh, we haven't spoken to him yet. Don't know a ton about him. But he's actually got a fascinating story. Uh, so excited to hear some things and a big golf guy from him. So stay tuned. Listen to that. We got some Jeff Shackelford just pop back up. Old Man Golf Media. Maury. Fucking Maury. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Um... I got, you know, we did a little uh, memory lane situation at the beginning of last show that people loved. It was actually very fun to do. It was a little therapeutic, and it was sort of very reflective to see how far we've come and how we got there. And I got a great email from Tyler, one of our listeners, who says, congrats on the 300th episode. I remember listening to the first podcast on my way to ask my future father-in-law if I could marry his daughter. It took some of the nerves away listening to you and Trent glad to still be listening today and i followed up and said well i mean are you are you like still married now and he was like yes yes very happily married everything worked out great so he's been listening to every show and he said we took the nerves off a little bit so shout out to tyler uh and then that would have have been incredible if he was like well it was going well and then frankie and lurch joined the podcast (laughs) honestly things couldn't have gone worse I mean, Frankie's voice screaming made us drive off the road, and then we got a ticket, and then the finances. <laughs> she took half my money. Half my money. The finances. Dot 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 is a great. And then the finances. That's just what like a bunch of. That's a bunch of idiots call like complicated stuff. We just say finances. Like yeah, exactly. just the. What happened? The finances. I wrote a. I wrote like an important email today, uh, very lurch-like. I wrote like an email to a company, and like I wrote etc. Uh, and I, that felt really cool. I was like blah da 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 etc. etc. I say etc. a lot. Did you put a period after it? Yeah. What's weird is when you finish like a clause with etc. period and then comma, so etc. period comma. Mm-hmm. Can you finish a sentence with etc.? Yeah. Yeah. So do you put two dots there? I don't think so, because then it's almost it could be interpreted as like, and something's coming up next, but it's really <laughs> not. <laughs> so, uh, also a big thanks, a big shout out to Jake Bass, to Brendan Jones, who are the guys behind the scenes. Uh, they make us sound good, look as good as we possibly can, and crank out all the stuff that you guys see and that you guys hear. So big thanks to those guys, as always. Um, it's Thursday. The show has come out this Thursday. Tiger Woods is playing golf. Adam Scott's not playing golf. He tested positive for COVID-19. But the point is, since it's Thursday at noon, our um, 
green and yellow themed golf line, we're going to call it, is now available at store.barstoolsports.com. <laughs> fire. It's absolutely fire stuff. Like, usually we call it our spring themed, but it's just not the spring. And then if we right. call it fall themed, like, that's not correct. It's not fall colors. So it's just green and yellow themed stuff. That's what we're going to call it. And Frankie's got the quarter zip on from Peter Millar. I got one of these rope hats on. We're big rope hat guys. I don't know if we quite pull rope hats it's, off. It's amazing how good you look in that rope hat rigs and how not great Frankie looked in it the other day. I think he's going to get it right now. He just doesn't have the head for it. The yeah, No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean no? It's just like, a no for you. What do you mean uh, no? Are you supposed to bend them? Like, so I'm not really a rope hat guy either. Oh, but shit. I'm getting text messages now. Go on. I was thinking about going for a run last night. And I was like, maybe I know I'm not cool enough, but maybe I'll do the backwards rope hat run look. Oh. And I think tonight I'm going to give that a shot. We'll see how it goes. But I think it yeah. might go horribly wrong. But it's I, see I don't think I look terrible. My head's too big for your standard hat. That's why I go visor to let it all escape. Yeah, and your head's almost too small, Frankie. Yeah, wow. really. Like you, yeah, you look great in the Travis Matthews hats, but the, these rope hats are yeah, not. I'm kind of bending it to my size there. You don't think this looks better? It's getting better. It looks like a, a helmet or something on. Uh, yes. It what, what if I tighten it up here? Right? Like you don't think? No. I don't Maybe. think your head goes to the top of the Maybe hat. Maybe tighten so it. Yeah, it just doesn't. Like I've got a feminine forehead. Is that it? Right, it does feel like you could push down a couple inches of the hat and before you got to your head. Right, Riggs is, Riggs is just fits. Riggs is just fits. Riggs looks great. Thank you. That's very nice. I sent one of these to Brock Nelson, an American hero, and he's going to rock the shit out of it because he rocks rope hats like you wouldn't believe. I, something about these athletes, man, they can just make stuff look better than us, and hence why I wore that outfit to the, the wedding, and, I, and it was a huge miss. This is a big uh, hockey guy hat, I think, the rope hat. Huge. So rope hats are, are, are going through uh, the hockey world like the mumps. <laughs> the mumps. That's, Remember when Sidney Crosby got the mumps? It was the most outrageous photo of all time. He was sitting there like, yeah, I think I can play tonight. And it was just like <laughs> fucking all the way out here. They're like, do you have a, a gobstopper in your mouth or something? <laughs> Oh, I do remember that. It looked, yeah, it did. It looked like he had a tumor in his head. Which jawbreaker. Is... You guys ever eat a jawbreaker? Oh, yeah, the big round fucking. You got to suck yeah, on it for your, three you years. On, you don't suck on it. You lick it, and then, you're, and then your tongue oh. becomes so raw and so fucked because you've been licking to, to change the colors. Dude, those jawbreakers, the big ones I'm talking about, yeah. you know what? You got one maybe for your birthday. Some, like, crazy aunt or uncle would give you a jawbreaker, and you're like, ah, it's a ball of sugar, and you lick it. <laughs> Are you saying eat? you're holding it like an apple and, and then you're holding it, it, licking it? Yeah, dude, it's it's a fucking baseball of sugar. Is this and thing like a? It. Is this like a giant Jolly Rancher, basically? Are you guys don't know what this is? I, I know what it is, but I've never as big as a baseball. They were yeah. like the size of like maybe a quarter in diameter, and you throw that thing in there, maybe a little bigger, and like you'd like lick on it, suck on it, but then it was still too big, and you'd st- you'd go for the jawbreak. And it would just – it would be impossible to get through, but you just work at it. Mega bruiser jo- – mega bruiser giant jawbreaker. These things are like fucking – they're like uh, they're like pool balls. And you just got – Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 
you just got to lick it and then you it becomes a brillo pad your tongue you can't you you're mommy i can't i can't drink the water anymore you literally you can't you can't believe what you just did to your body but you're also so hyped up and then there's a little fucking gumball in the middle that's that's the prize dude those things are huge i just took a look at that that's massive <laughs> the biggest things ever Imagine a child trying to like eliminate that thing with just. Well, you mouth. put it in a cup, and it's a month process. You you just keep oh, going. Geez. Yeah. See, we never had those. We got the smaller ones that you could pop in your mouth, yeah. and then you would suck on it and suck on it and suck on it. We never got one the size of a boulder that we had to carry around <laughs> with us. And like, look at the progress I've made on my jawbreaker. That's crazy. I could see Mr. Borelli just like, all right, Frank Jr., just shut up. Here's your yeah, giant little it. job. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to take this hat off. And that doesn't mean you guys shouldn't buy it. It's just I can't really rock it. No, the gear is sick, and it looks awesome on most people. Frankie yeah. can't rock that hat. You know what? I'm going to wear this to a goddamn golf course, and no one's going to say a word. <clears throat> My dad did that to me one time, though. He was trying to – we like got to a hotel really late, and uh, I was like a little kid, and he threw me up on like the concierge desk, and I was just like blabbering away and wouldn't shut up, and all he wanted to do was book the hotel. And so he literally took like one of the apples from the bowl of apples and just shoved it in my mouth so I couldn't talk. And then he went on book in the hotel and off we went. Kids Fart. are the worst. Yeah, they are. Kids, do kids are the worst. It is fun. We're a whole show of four guys with no kids. So it's easy for us to say. Yep. Uh, anyways, go to store.barstoolsports.com. Check out our new green and yellow themed Barstool golf line. I think you're going to like it. Um, mentioned memory lane earlier. I wouldn't hate if we did like a story, a show. I saw lurchers responding to some tweets. People were requesting more and more information, stories, backstory, because we picked up a lot of listeners along the way. One of them that I saw a clip from a couple of days ago that reminded me of it was the, the golf cart bounty story when this is early on. This must have been maybe – was this the first summer, Trent, that we were doing foreplay, you think? Was that 2017 or 2018? I think it was 2017, if I had to guess. I do, too. I do too. And this was when the craze on social media was guys just running over their buddies with golf carts. Like somebody's legit standing over the golf ball. They take their backswing and they just get demolished by a full speed golf cart. And all their buddies are laughing. Now where you run our four play Instagram account is a mix of like promoting our own stuff, putting up funny stuff from PGA tour events and putting up viral golf videos. Like if you, it might be a, a gender reveal or somebody hit the golf ball off of a cliff or some funny, somebody hitting a tree and it hits the camera guy in the face. Everybody goes, ah, 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 it's very funny. And at the time we were clearly getting tagged in by Barstool and posting like our social team, posting these clips of guys running over their friends with golf carts all the time. And Trent and I were like, you know, I don't like this trend. I think this is a bad trend. This is right. overall, people should not be running over other human beings with golf carts. It's dangerous. It's a bad look. People, it, it was just, it was bad. So we actually spoke up and said something. And eventually it got to Dave. And we went into Dave's office. And Dave's like, you're telling me you don't want us, Barstool, to tag you for play in, like, the most viral golf craze going on right now? And, like, what are you talking about? We're like, no. We think it discredits our brand. We think it makes, like, idiots that, like, just if that's all we're doing in the world of golf is running people over golf carts, like, we're trying to interview guys. We're at least trying to show some degree of respectfulness towards other human beings on a golf course. And it turned into a, a, a large debate. At dude, 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 I remember, 
I remember that's one of the few, maybe the only time it was me, you, sitting in Dave's office with Gaz and Dave. We basically got into a shouting match about like how we were going to go forward with the Instagram. Like, cause like, it's exactly what you were saying. You were, we were like, it's not good for the brand. It's not the, the sort of vibe we want to put out there. They were like, do you guys want followers? This and that. And then Dave being the smart guy that he is was like, we'll bring you guys on radio and we'll yell about it on radio. So at least the world knows that you guys don't approve of these videos and it'll go out and play out that way. And it did end up petering out like the trend, thankfully. But I remember for a while there was pretty fucking heated. It was well, heated to the point. Arrested for it. It was like it was like near death experiences. Like somebody was at the top of the swing, just through their downswing, and then boom, make it blindsided by a golf cart. I mean, yeah, there's it's there's a crime. It's, 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 it's a crime. It's a crime. It's a felony. Like what they were doing was a felony to other people, and so we just weren't standing for it. And like Trent said, Dave was very smart. And he said, well, we might make you guys, I just hit the table. He said, we might make you guys keep putting these up, but at least you can come on to radio and publicly say that you're against them so that you'll have some defense. Well, that turned into a heated debate where I was like, Dave, you're an idiot. You don't, you don't get it. And then at that point, Big Cat had his scooter in the office. And so it got so heated with Dave that I then hid outside the radio studio when they came out of radio i was gonna run dave over with big cat scooter well yp part of team portnoy frankie part of team portnoy alerted dave to this and then i ended up getting busted and dave then said i'm gonna put a thousand dollar bounty on if somebody runs rigs over with a golf cart on camera and sends the video in i will pay you a thousand dollars and that luckily that was like for the summer nobody did it i kept my head on a swivel and then it fizzled out and the bounty was over but that was a very heated moment in the growth of board play and figuring out where we were going to go with everything because we were not happy about our account post i remember i remember feeling betrayed by frankie Borelli in that moment this was long before he would join the four play crew and i was it had to be 2017 because i just moved to new york so i don't know how anything works at all i'm like a doe-eyed fucking idiot and i didn't understand why frankie would rat out rigs that dave was gonna get run over by a scooter it all makes sense now because frankie's dave's guy and if he lets that happen frankie's in more trouble than anybody but at the time i remember feeling very betrayed by frankie dude you guys put me in a position which i knew what was about to happen and i am the right hand man to the man it's about to happen it's like being a secret service agent and seeing someone about to do something and you not doing something about it you can't you can't. I was the head Secret Service agent at the time. My job was still raw. I was still new. Me and Dave were just starting to vibe together. Imagine I'm just like, go on, see you later. Like, I know you're about to get attacked. I can't do that. That's not what a loyal right-hand man does. Now, in times like this, I think I'd still have my allegiance to Dave because Dave is our – we now know in the year 2020, we are now three years removed from that, Dave Portnoy is more of an influence on us than, like, God. So at the end of the day, we do whatever we can to make him happy. <laughs> And if you think I'm letting him get run over by any of you fucking schmucks, you're crazy. Dude. I would still, I would do it twice today. Dude, so we're at the point that, we're at the point now where I might lay down in front of that scooter. I like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I mean, you just have to. Like, you, I just, you know how everything works now, and I'm, I think I lay down in front of that scooter. You have to, Riggs. If you say Frankie didn't speak up, and you're taking that little like, you know, motorcycle tricycle at Dave. What is your end goal? Like when he sees you and you potentially you nudge him in the side, like do you continue to hit him 
or what happens there if Frankie and, you know, his guards don't call you off? You know, I was so caught up in emotion, I hadn't thought that far through it. But the scooter wasn't going to physically harm Dave, I don't think. But it was going to alter his trajectory. So, like, he could have stumbled into the wall or something, and I thought it would have been a great clip, like a very funny clip. And if I ran him over with the scooter on the ground, like, we would have had to deal with those repercussions. I don't know what those would be. But I was very upset at the time. And I was like, the best way to get him back is he's going to come out of the radio studio. I'm going to run him over with one of those scooters that, like, a disabled person drives around. That's what I was going to do. I'm pretty sure. I'm picturing you, Riggs, like, with, like, crazy-eyed, like, your hair going nuts. And you're revving a motorized, like, electrical scooter outside. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do it. And then that old office and just there's not much room anywhere to begin with. And then here comes Riggs, a little powered scooter. There is a picture somewhere of it. Yeah. And I think I had a giant Dunkin' Donuts cup, too. And I was just, like, ready to go. I was, I was heated. I was upset. I felt wrong. And I was ready to go. And then I, my plan just got thwarted and I ended up getting dragged back on the radio and he put a bounty on my head to get run over by a golf cart. So and did he ever just, come close to getting hit by a golf cart? Did anyone ever like, no. anything? Did you see anything from a distance? Cause we were figuring like you'd just be out golfing and someone would come. I think, what was it? 10 grand? It might've been a couple grand. I thought it was around a thousand, but it might've been a couple grand. He was going Cause they also was pretty- wasn't as rich back then. I thought it was a pretty decent bounty for someone to maybe go do it. Well, also, the podcast was smaller back then, like just in numbers. But I bet you today, if that went out there, there might be somebody who runs rigs over. Just, I mean, just talking more. about it now, technically the bounty is still live, right? Isn't that how a bounty works? Like he still needs your head? So, like, I mean, I don't want to get that going now, but like it's still. That might uh, have to be edited out. <laughs> I would say no. I would say Dave's a lot wealthier now, so I would have a lawsuit would be, and so is Barstool, so I would be, it it would be an interesting situation to be in, because I think getting hit by those golf carts, like we said, I mean, you could do serious, serious harm. That's a crime. Riggs Riggs would have to sue two people. He'd sue the psychopath for random over, and then also Dave would be liable as well. I mean, also... (laughs) In order to run somebody over with a golf cart, you have to have complete disregard for the life. I mean, like, you have to hate them. That is, like, that's a kill, that's a kill crime. You also like, have to be in their kill. group. You have, to, you, have to, you have to be in their group. You can't come from, like, another direction. Or else, like, I think that distance would totally get, like, you'd notice and you'd hear something coming up. But if the guy's driving uh, your You could cart, do the looking for your ball business. Like, you see Riggs over the, there, like, you're like, oh, I shanked it over here. And like, no, I'm just going to look. Don't worry. And then Riggs yeah. goes up to his ball, and then here comes the goal. I'm thinking just, like, the guy's in your cart, and you're, like, maybe 10 yeah. yards ahead, and you just hit the gas. Like, you're in, the, you're in there watching him I set up. I still think you would hear it and be able to, like, dodge it. I mean, we I'll saw videos of people getting absolutely fucking cranked. I don't know when I'd wake from that injury, but when I did, I would take a sand wedge to that person's house. That I was would... another line that I had. I said, if somebody does that, I will have a gun, and I'm <laughs> not, and I'm shooting to kill, is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting time. It was a very interesting time. Uh, the High Noon El Prez Pack is here, featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Celta flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, an all-new flavor, 
Tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit HighNoonSpirits.com to find the El Prez pack nearest you. Jeff Shackelford, who really became the poster child for Old Man Golf Media, he came on this very podcast at the beginning of this year to record and discuss with the boys the incident that really uh, blew up, with, which is another good story. We were just in a, in a van together driving around Tassie, Tasmania, Australia. We had nothing else to do for an hour and a half, so we just started responding to people bitching about our cool video of fist-bumping Tiger Woods. And next thing you know, we were in a war with Old Man Golf Media as we were about to play Barn Boogle on the shores of Tasmania. But anyways, uh, Jeff Shackelford of Old Man Golf Media, all-time clip. I watched this last night probably 50 times, and I just laughed out loud every single time, where Jeff Shackelford, who, again, he's not even technically that old. That was one of his big claims, too, on the show, and people point that out a lot. that like, Jeff Shackelford's not even that old of a guy. Well, this fucking guy is <laughs> in, the, in the queue to ask Tiger Woods a question, a Zoom question, at the Zozo Championship. And they cut. They're like, okay, next, Jeff Shackelford. And then after, like, six seconds, they're like, Jeff, I think you're on mute. And then another, like, eight seconds goes by. And then they just go to somebody else. And then, like, two questions later, they go, okay, I think we have Jeff again. And then five seconds later, they go, Jeff, I think you're on mute. And then finally, when they go to somebody else, Jeff comes in. And then Tiger just starts laughing at Jeff Shackelford's face about how this old man can't figure out fucking Zoom. It was so reflective of everything. I just is one of my favorite videos. He's not old in in years or like human years, dog years. At at the end of the day, he's old in his soul. He has an old mind. He has old way of thinking. He has an old he has old habits. Everything about him is old except for maybe his bones. Um, the fact that he fell into this trap of not knowing the technology. I saw him going on Twitter being like they lied about my connection issues when I was on the podcast, like, dude, you couldn't speak into the camera. You couldn't speak into the phone on the podcast. We couldn't get you to get like the connection, whether it was, you were in a bad spot. We were, you just couldn't figure it out. One of the only ones on in four play history that couldn't get the connection right in the beginning. And then you get here, you get Tiger Woods standing there. Having Tiger Woods's attention is maybe the most time sensitive, important moment of your life, regardless of how many times Jeff Shackelford has done it. Tiger Woods is looking into a camera and you have to now, communicate with him and that is a do or die moment and you not die. easy to do sometimes yeah. though some people some people freeze and that's a mental freeze though that's that's something that tiger uh, does that's not that's not like uh oh i don't know how to work these young kids little tablets like I, he's sitting there hitting buttons being like i don't know I, hello he's dusting off he's blowing into the n64 cartridge he doesn't understand what's going on he couldn't get there he couldn't figure it out and that's sad for Jeff because honestly, if you know the way he bitched about us getting all this access in Australia and all that stuff, I don't think that they should allow Jeff Shackelford to talk to Tiger Woods anymore. That guy is off his rocker. We need to put him in a home. He doesn't. Why do we not get to speak to, to Tiger Woods in the fucking Zozo Championship? But Jeff Shackelford gets to put up a one-on-one fucking question. He's speaking to no one. He's not even asking the question. It's going on jeffshackelford.com. His name's lit up like the fucking Hollywood sign in West Hollywood. The guy's a fucking joke. And I think I, I'm sure a lot of people like Jeff Shackelford. But the fact that he gets that opportunity. No, they don't. I really, 
I've been pretty connected in the golf world. I don't. They really don't. I don't the think fact so. that this guy gets to talk into his Zoom to Tiger, goddamn Woods, fucking Eldrick, big dick Eldrick, and he's standing there being, "What, Jeff? What? What, Jeff? With a G, G off? Come on, give me a question." And he's like, "I can't communicate with you. You got to put him in a home. Put him in a home." I'll say the first lesson <laughs> for people in the home too is just how to get in and out of Zoom cleaner. If you can get that, you can do a lot. That stumble looking around and then when they gave it to somebody else and then that's when he started to speak up was all time and then tiger woods laughing in his face was just like mm, maybe time to to move on here because i agree his habits and just his personality is just ancient he also jeff shackford has nothing else to do this is the biggest moment of jeff shackford's month like he doesn't he's not on golf channel anymore he doesn't do anything. Like he had the only thing he has is his little blog where he tweets out a blog and gets like two likes on his blog. So he has nothing. Now he gets, he's in this situation. The tournament <laughs> at Sherwood has come, it's come to his home state. He finally gets this mo he's get, and he's just not ready. So much so, like Frankie said, he's hitting buttons, he's flipping off light switches. How do I get this fucking screen to be able to hear what I'm asking Tiger Woods? He can't figure it out. It was the most put him in a home clip that that I've ever seen, maybe. And for it to come, uh, you know, less than a year after our falling out versus Old Man Golf Media, it's a tough thing to come back from. So anytime, anytime somebody tries to claim that Jeff Shackerford is not like Old Man Golf Media, just just put the clip in. It's like, no, Jeff, just can you get off mute for us, Jeff? Like on Zoom, can you get off mute? Is are you? Do we need to send a fucking nurse to your house to get you off of of mute? Like it was, it was great, and I enjoyed every second. He's dead. You guys, you guys killed Jeff Stafford right there. That two minutes is he's a dead person. Like I don't, I don't even need to add anything. We rest our case. It's over for Jeff Shackelford. I will say one thing: the funniest part of that, one of the funniest parts of the interview that we did with him was when he was like, "I don't make it about myself. It's not about me. It's about the work." And then Frankie's like, but you work from JeffShackelford.com. And he was like, oh, yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> that's your time. We'll see you later. The more we hear about him, like Rick says, he's more connected. Like, he's, like, rude with people. The whole, he's, he's just been in the media world for a long time and hasn't made many friends in it. And for that reason, I'm out on him. Like, when you're in this many tournaments, you're complaining about this many people. I'm just – you know who he is? He's the guy – He's the guy that says um, uh, she and her to Siri. Oh, what would she say? Or, or, or get her on there. Get that Siri on there. Get like my grand my, my grandma does that. Oh, what'd she say? Where where is she going? The <laughs> GPS. Oh, I can't hear her. Put it up. Like it's first of all, it's a it's a computer system. It's called AI, and actually, it's gonna take over the world one day. We're all just succumbing to this artificial intelligence, and we're all gonna die. And they're they're gonna end up going into our brains. Elon Musk is gonna put fucking chips inside our brain, and then at one point, they're just gonna combust, and we're not gonna know where to go, left or right. Honestly, I've been reading a lot into this fucking right. that Elon Musk is putting into us. And someone said a really good point. What if someone just hacks that chip? Right, like you're putting a chip into your brain to then allow artificial intelligence to help you think. They say it may help Alzheimer's. It may help uh, critical thinking and like in areas where you like you need to like do double time. And guys are trying to figure out formulas. It's gonna help you fucking synapses, synapses. What happens if someone fucking hacks that shit? And it's like all this craziness, like noise and 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 signs. Like I can't get it out of my head. You're just gonna put a bullet to your head. You're not. What are you gonna do? You're, Welcome. 
Welcome to the rebellion, Frankie. <laughs> Everybody else is is on Elon Musk. Like, I don't want to get into an Elon Musk thing, but you're right. That Neuralink that he is, he's they're already connecting to pigs' brains. He's like, oh, we're about to go to market in the next 18 months. Good luck. Good luck when somebody hacks it and takes over the world. Uh, it's wild. a good idea. My question is what happens when someone hacks it? It's a good question. Nobody's putting a chip, chip in my brain. I'd no. rather be stuck with this thing forever than risk. Elon Musk taking over my brain. Because well, at the end of the day, um, if we had one of Jeff Shackelford, he would have asked fucking Tiger Woods a seamless question. And we wouldn't have wasted, uh, you know, our, the boss man's time. So there is good and there is bad to it. Jeff Shackelford needs a chip. He needs to be first in line. <laughs> he needs a chip. Uh, to go a little bit of a different direction, uh, Maury, the fucking guy, the you're not the father guy. That's, That's a guy who guy. has it. He's got it all. He's got it all together. What a well-spoken human being. Oh my god. Fucking guy. guy. Who I love, Maury. By the way, Maury's got it figured out. That guy's had <laughs> that gig and born to do that role more than anyone's ever been. Kind of uh, role destiny. He, it's just him. That's his job. That's his gig. That's what he'll be remembered as, and he does a great job. Maury is a big golfer, apparently. He's like a one or two handicap, even though he's 82 years old, which is outrageous. 82? Uh, what? Dude, I he looked it up. Maury, Maury's going to be 82 in January, I think. And he's a two handicap or whatever? Like, that's crazy. He's low. I think he's like a two to a three. Like, he's a stick. People, people sending me DMs that have, like, caddy for him. They're like, Maury is a hardcore golfer, and he's a player. I was like, oh. Maury, this is the second time something like this happened. He's on Barstool Breakfast a couple weeks ago. People start to alert me that during the interview, Maury's like, uh, hey, 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 by the way, uh, while we're talking Barstool, you know, are you guys familiar with this Riggs guy? I, uh, What's going on with his swing? And starts talking about his swing. So then KFC Radio, Kevin fights some of our good friends. They put out this clip yesterday from their show where it's the, it appears to be the end of the show, and Maury will not let the show in. He's like, hey, you guys, do you guys know Riggs? And they're like, yeah, of course we know Riggs. And he's like, all right. This guy posts videos of him swinging all over the fucking world. Can you tell him he's got to stop taking the club so far back inside? And he starts getting into how that's going to lead to him coming over the top. He's going to push it out and slice it. Or if he whips his hand through, he's going to hook. And he starts going on this rant about my golf swing. So then everybody's coming after me like, like Maury, the fucking fraternity test guy, buried me in my golf game, which – I don't fully agree with. Frankie oh. did a one of the early tweets about it, um, <laughs> about Maury. And I don't – like, Maury, I think, was trying to help Riggs out. I think Maury was saying, hey, I've, I've stumbled upon these videos and I watched them on the internet. And what that fucking Riggs guy needs to do – because Maury's 82. Like, he can speak however he wants. What that Riggs guy needs to do is take his club, you know, more a little more outside on the back. And I appreciated that advice because I love more. Well, it came from a frustration place, I think. Like yeah. he, he's a consumer of your content. He's like, can you guys get in contact with this guy that I watch every day? Because it's we, we've all experienced stuff like that where like you're watching something, you're enjoying something, and you have a little quirk, and you really want to get into that guy's head. Like you're like, I need to speak to that person, even though I'll never be able to. And Maury found a situation in which he'd be able to speak to you, finally get his information to you, and he cannot watch one more Riggs verse with you coming inside anymore, or else he's just gonna lose it. He like Maury may see the end of his days if you don't get 
that ball that that ball to stop moving from left to right. He needs you to come outside the and he needs you to take it back straight. And he was going to do anything he could to have that information displayed on a KFC radio fucking video so that you could see it. He needed that to happen. And honestly, I was so stunned when I saw that. Um, um, so, oh my god, I, I cannot, dude. My fucking brain is. You, oh, Joey Lang- a, you need a chip? Do you need Joey a chip? Lang- Joey Lango, one of my fucking I, I one of my pals. I love Joey Lango and he's a Borelli's fucking customer. The guy's Joey Lango's been coming to Borelli since before he was hired. He used to come once a week and just tweet out like my dad, like your dad helped me out, whatever. And then he finally got the job at Barcel at Barcel with KS Joe, Joey Langone is one of the greatest tweeters of all time. He's just the goat. not even close. So he brought me over to his desk and he's like, watch this clip. And I'm like, all right, Joey Langone's telling me to watch a clip. It's a must-watch clip. And he had that tweet constructed. Like, he had made the graphic, the whole thing. And I was like, what am I watching right now? I think, Trent, when you saw it, you said, I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe right now. Because it was like a KSU radio interview, and all of a sudden we're, like, listening to these words that are very familiar to us. <laughs> Riggs is swing. music like on the set of the Maury show. So it's like, it's almost like when you're watching a movie and the, and the person that's, like, you're watching TV and the person just looks into the TV and is like, that's right, Billy. Like, I'm talking to you. It's like, whoa, what, wait a minute. Maury's talking to us right now? What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, we, I've been watching Maury just like everybody else for my entire life. And I've, I heard him utter the words of, you know, you are the father. You're not the father. And then a couple of days ago, I hear him saying, you guys know this Riggs fella and he's talking about your golf swing. It really felt like an alternate universe. I agree. I, it, I couldn't it, believe it. I mean, like, I yeah, your swing, everybody dogs in your swing. I went on Twitter to try to defend you, to try to, to find the good within your swing that has created such evil thoughts in everybody's that mind. Is, that is just dishonest. That's that is. honest to God true. Right. Because I was like, he is a it's good honest. Look at the phrasing of your tweet. But you said, I didn't see it. The so, phrasing I'll, of his tweet, nobody on earth could find this to be a defense because you on, literally say, you literally say, waiting to hear the first backer of Riggs Marshall's swing. I mean, he plays to a 4.2 handicap. Can anyone besides him defend his swing? Are there any positives <laughs> to his motion? You're saying that's a that's a tweet defending me? Yeah. Is there any is there anybody out is there anybody out there who can defend Riggs' swing? And I it just know. goes into a canyon. So what don't you know about the English language? So <laughs> I was, and then I tagged the like the teachers of our generation that might know what you're doing well about your swing because I. I don't know anything about the golf swing. I'll be the first one to say that. I know nothing about how it really works. But I was interested to know, since you're a good golfer by all accounts, I played with you a bunch. I can defend your scores. You play to a, you have a good golf. Then why game. didn't you say that in the tweet? You should have said, hey, I know one person that could defend you. Me. I know, I well, know no. your game. But I can defend – only thing I can do is I can defend the outcome of your game. I think you have a good golf game. What I can't defend is your swing. I can't defend my swing. I want to know, like, there's got to be – that is the defense. Nobody cares about the actual swing. It's Where like that like, is the defense. What? The, the result. That is the defense. So that, yes, that is the defense. But I want to know, like, if there's some sort of part of your swing through impact um, – Ledbetter said that you actually use the ground well, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. That was a sarcastic tweet. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what? You know what? Lurch is so bad at Twitter that I almost believe him. Same. Halfway through that little, like, uh, 
that little mod, whatever you just did that you were spilling out like your heart there. I actually believed you. Dude, I, I swear, it came from a good place. Now, sensitive rigs did not think so, but it did come from a good place. And it was not communicated as if it came from a good place. What? It was not. It was not communicated as if it came from a good place. You like, if you can't, nobody would say. Waiting to hear the first backer. I mean, he plays to a four point two handicap. That is saying I've never seen anything defending that he could play to that handicap. It's you. You're the one that could defend it. We play golf together all the time. Right. So you're you're spot that on. Actually, reads that. as though that you're saying he's like uh, not a four handicap. Like it Correct. reads that you're saying that you can't believe that he says that. Is there anyone out Correct. there in the world that can defend this guy and his handicap? And the answer would be Lurch, this writer <laughs> of the tweet. So, yes, I am the first one to defend it. But I, I'm just interested to know if your club gets to good positions, when and where and why. That's what I don't know. Obviously, I, at some point, it gets to a good position. That's like a dumb thing. Now I'm switching on the other side. Of it. Like, I, like, you weren't looking for, like, one person that well actually at impact he squares it up because like if he's a four handicap obviously at some point he squares it up like your tweet made it look like he's saying that you made it look like you're questioning his handicap based off of his swing and you're saying is there anyone out there that can justify him being a four handicap with this swing anyone out there at all aside from himself coming from the guy that plays probably more golf with me than coming from the only guy that could have justified it so so my thought was He's a four. He has to be doing things well. Hey, coaches that are out there that know the golf swing, what is he doing well? Because I don't understand. <laughs> that sounds so nasty. Right. What I'm learning right now is that you are a liability when it comes to communication. Like the fact that you actually meant the tweet in a positive way, when any person who reads that thinks, boy, that's a negative thing to say about someone is, is really stunning. So <laughs> Anyone in the world that reads that would think that that's a negative connotation to that. The other thing, though, that I'm not good at is obviously, well, Twitter is one thing. I don't know how well people can catch, like, if I retweet my own tweet. So when I retweeted that tweet and then Riggs took a screenshot of that, was I laughed out loud. And when I saw well, that, I, I had because, a good laugh. Again, to a normal person that consumes English language on social media, on blogs, all kinds of places, I, what I saw was a mean-spirited tweet that was then retweeted by the creator of that tweet within a few hours. <laughs> I thought, now what the fuck's going on here? I kind of like it now. You like you got me guessing. I don't know what's going on. Like, uh, here's the other part. You're allowed to send that tweet. Like, you're, you yeah. can stand by it. Like, we all fucking rag on each other's swings and stuff. You just can't sit here and act like that came from a good place. Like, I, I fucking wrote, Maury put – put Riggs in the fucking coffin. He's dead. He's murdered. Two at two o'clock in the afternoon, Maury just killed Riggs. We need a new podcast host. Like it's over. But you're like, well, no, I was like on your side. I was like, just say that you were, you wrote that with a smirk. Like, uh, is there anyone out there? Anyone? So I wrote it with, it came from maybe not a good place, but more <laughs> of an interested place. And it, it was, I was, I was acutely interested and I still am in what part of Riggs's golf swing is going to keep. Like if you had, if your golf swing was a hundred percent or like you're looking at the whole picture of the golf swing and it's like kind of, I don't know, like a pie chart, what percentage would you want to keep of that golf swing is what I want to hear from the pro teachers. I see that you need to be 
more specific, I think, if that is in any way what you actually intended that tweet to be. Trent doesn't want that because he loves that you're just you're such an ambiguous tweeter. No, is he on my side? Are you against me? Are you with old man golf media now? I don't nobody knows, really. And it's the whole thing is very confusing. But we're not again, when I saw someone write what could only be interpreted as an extremely mean-spirited tweet about my golf game, and then retweeted it themselves and tagged a bunch of people with large followings, I did not take kindly to that move. Fair. You're fair to think so. I will say we didn't learn anything from it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll work on my – I'll make sure. Actually, I kind of like living in this ambiguous world because you don't know. You're kind of guessing. All three of you are guessing of how I feel and how I'm coming at it. So maybe I'll try to keep keep on this kind of – I don't you know, can, this edge that I live on. You can say you're living like a conscious effort, but just keep being yourself. That's it. You just keep being yourself, and it's going to come off as ambiguous on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> I, can't it. I said, now, what the fuck is this tweet? I, what's, what's going on in this tweet? <laughs> I see a bunch of George Gankus. I see Hank Haney. What is going on in this tweet here? And I just didn't come off as being particularly kind to old Rizzy here, but going back in for the self retweet is quite a move. Just like, I don't think enough people saw this first time around. I was looking to drum up some more interest. So that's when I went with, uh, let's go ahead and retweet this thing. That's incredible. But then when uh, I saw his picture, because it says like Lurch tweeted this, like it's just your actual tweet, but then right above it, it says Lurch retweeted. So it's just, it looks like the most desperate cry in the picture. And that's when I really had a good laugh when I saw that. <laughs> uh, most guys have tried different ways to last longer. Thinking about how rigs get to the club face square is not always going to work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman swipes. It is the secret to longer-lasting sex. Roman swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed, which we all want. If you are fortunate enough to be having a – uh, an intimate encounter in bed, you do not want that to end very quickly. You would like it to last long. You want to have a good, enjoyable time. Roman swipes are effective. They're easy to use and they are fast acting. They do not require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. They're super easy to use. You just take the swipes out of the packet, you swipe them on, you let it dry and you are good to go. That is it. You go to GetRoman.com slash four to get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. That is GetRoman.com slash four. Go check out Roman Swipes. You're going to love them. Uh, Adam Scott, as we mentioned, test positive for COVID-19. So he has withdrawn. He said he's focused on, uh, you know, the rest of the fall. Obviously, he wants to play the Masters, so he's got to get healthy. And boom, I have now taken, I think, my fifth COVID test and tested negative. I did not, I did not on Monday. I felt horrific, had a sore throat, thought for sure I had COVID, supposed to go to a wedding this weekend. I was panicking. I got the rapid test. I got the other test, whichever they call it, P something. And then I also got the antibody test. I'm waiting for those results. Um, Just a little tidbit about myself, but Adam Scott has tested positive. He's out. And then Tiger Woods. Everyone has that feeling like you're allowed to have other sicknesses. I've said this now that COVID has taken away other sicknesses from us where we go and get tested, we get negative, and then we're like, we're perfect. We're fine. Like I'm walking around. I've gotten six COVID tests. I'm negative every time, but something's wrong with me. Like maybe it's something worse. Maybe it's something worse. I can't 
I'm tired every night. Like I'm fucking, I have a headache. Like it's not COVID, but I'm acting like I'm jolly fucking free. Before COVID, having this, whatever's going on with me right now was a bad thing. Now it's like, oh no, you're fine, honey. Well, well, just seven months ago, if I was feeling this way, I'd be like rushed to the hospital. People would be like, he has like problems. He's sleeping too much. Like he can't eat. He can't put that. Uh, so I, I think that it's taking, you know what I mean though? Like every time you get that negative testing, you're like, I'm, I'm scot-free. Meanwhile, yeah, it's like, seven months ago, that wasn't even a testing. You were just sick. It's a binary skit. It's like you either have COVID or you're totally fine. Those are the only two options. And right. that's just not true. Like there are thousands of terrible sicknesses. Um, How do you know I don't have one of those? Other, I could just have one of the other ones. So yeah. it's, it did feel like I was trying to convince myself that I have one of the other ones. And then I did, like I went and I got the COVID test and then I came back and I just still had a sore throat that night. And I was like, well, now wait, like, I'm still just not good. <laughs> I'm not, you guys didn't fix me by telling me I don't have COVID-19. So anyways, I, I do not know. All the other diseases in the world is just the other ones is laugh out loud funny. No, no, I just, no, I didn't have that, but I just have one of the other ones. Like give me anything else on the shelf. It's like you get like water and there's like, just like supermarket brands. You just, oh, no, I'll just have one of the other ones. Or it's like, no, it's like, no, I don't have COVID-19. I do have the flu, but I can go to this wedding and people won't get mad at me. Yeah, right. Like, as long as you don't have the thing that people are going to get the most mad at you about, you can go to that wedding. Show up to the wedding, they're like, man, you look horrible. It's like, dude, I got COVID tested. I'm fine. It's just cancer. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm going to be fine. Don't worry. It's no one else is getting it. It's like, okay, uh, fine. You're like, all right, all right, hey, twist and yeah. shout, man. Oh, shout. Lift <laughs> <laughs> him up on the chair. He's good. Oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I feel like I've been yelling into this mic a lot this episode. Uh, people are like that. I can see that being an SNL skit when like maybe I don't know that the world will really be able to laugh about this at any point but that is there's some dark humor in that um, in that little scenario right there I think there's some there's some humor in there that's like some Kirk Minahan humor in there yes Uh, and then the last thing I was going to say is um, Tiger Woods just said he might add um, Houston might add Houston to the schedule uh, before the Masters tournament depending on how everything goes this week. And he canceled the Hero World Challenge. I think he's expected an 18-field event down in Albany in the Bahamas. He's just not doing that. That's one last week that we're going to get to watch Tiger. Um, and he may add Houston. Hopefully, I mean, I assume that means if everything goes well this week, he's probably not going to add it. Like, if he's playing good and he feels healthy, he's probably just going to be like, no, I'm good to go. So, in an ideal world, he plays well, wins, and then probably doesn't play Houston and then plays the Masters Tournament. So, uh, enjoy the hero or the uh, not the hero world challenge i was confused because that's sherwood is where the hero world challenge was for a while the zozo championship tiger woods is the defending champion uh we got some from the gallery stuff but we are going to go to matt stell first all right folks we're joined by a very special guest coming to us from nashville he's even got a guitar back there he's got his pinehurst number two hat on we just saw a pinehurst flag that i'm sure we'll get into matt stell what's going on my friend man just uh Living the living the dream here as much as you can in these times, but uh, good's a relative term. But I'm doing good. You got uh, all you all you country singers. You guys all every time we speak to one of you guys, you just got that voice. You got that accent right away. That's just like <laughs> this guy's a singer. Yeah, well, it's because none of us can sing any other kind of music. We didn't have any options. We had to go sing <laughs> sing country music. And you sing a Coldplay song, and it sounds like Garth Brooks. So you kind of have to like do your thing. <laughs> 
so look, you got a, um, you got kind of a crazy story. I, I, we were looking through some of your, some of your stuff, some of your background, some of your history from like LeBron to playing Tiger Woods games to Harvard Medical School. Like, where, what is your, what is your story? How'd you end up in Nashville? Bro, I, I don't know. Uh, I started, <laughs> I started writing songs in college. Like, I fell in love with it. I, I, you know, I was playing basketball, and it's a winter sport. Right, so you're on campus the whole spring break, and I'm spring the whole winter break, and uh, yeah, I got bored of playing Tiger Woods with my teammates, and uh, my mom brought this guitar up for me that uh, she got me when I was like 12 that I never messed with. I just sat in front of a computer just like this and learned how to play all the songs that you learn on guitar, and that turned into the frat houses, and that turned into uh, you know, vin- you know, like playing out a little bit, and I started writing songs about as soon as I could. Uh, play guitar and I just kind of man I stuck stuck with it I was really not very good for a long time and uh <laughs> I kept I kept grinding because I loved it and uh it didn't feel like work and um yeah I mean one thing led to another had some success writing in Texas and then that scene and touring around and moved to Nashville thinking I could do it here and and uh man I I got lucky met the right people and, and here we sit how how tall are you like six seven Ooh. So we yeah. got, oh. yep. we got a six seven guy who can play the guitar with that voice showing up to like frat parties with your fucking guitar. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was so drunk I wasn't a, a, a danger to anybody but myself. So. <laughs> I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna cut your throat. I <laughs> Crazy to me that you just like like pick up the guitar like that and, and say, I'm going to wing this, but you had to have had some sort of passion for music leading into that. Right. It's not like something you just pick up on YouTube. Like you probably had to have like sang a little bit, right? Like, you know, you have a good voice. You don't just Man, like stumble into that. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I could sing, but I never like did in church or anything. I never, I was not that guy. I was, I was a ball player. My, I had a musical family, you know, I knew they were musical. And, um, I just, I guess because a lot of my family was, pretty musical I just assumed everybody loved music the way that I did and uh man it just remained a passion you know what I mean it was like it wasn't like I started loving it more it was just like a lot of other things went away and especially when I graduated college you know I I, I was I was so sick of basketball anyway but I you know that dream was kind of like done and and music fit in that and and it was just I I didn't know I was that passionate about it. I just thought that's just everybody was and, and uh it's just still kind of been that way. I mean, we were talking about before, you know, I, this, the pandemic sucks for every reason you can think of, but one reason it doesn't is because I have so much time to write songs. And I just got off a zoom, right. With like two legends and, you know, writing songs. And I get as pumped about that as I do, you know, playing a ball game or, or going to play Pinehurst or something like that. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just a passion. What are these zoom, the zoom rights? Are they, how different are they than, you know, typical songwriting's always been? Yeah, man, you know, at this point now, everybody kind of knows what to expect going in. When we were kind of starting, it's a little touch and go, and it's easier to do it when you're doing it with people that you already know. Like kind of the cold call, if you will, like rights can be tough. But now, uh, and I'd known both of these guys you know, like today, but um, yeah, we, everybody's just kind of used to it. It's just kind of now it's business as usual, and, um, you know, it's – there's some benefits to it. You know, it's a little more efficient in some ways because you can't, you know, it kind of divides the, the work a little bit more, but uh, I, I get in the room still some now 
and uh, I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade that for it. But it's just nice to. Be able to so I gotta hear about this. You, something I'm seeing here is that you, you know, you started playing gigs. You already talked about that while you're playing ball. You came up with an alias so that your coach wouldn't find out that you were actually doing this on the side. And your alias was Paul Wayne Walker. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Yep. Paul Wayne. Uh. <laughs> Where's? I mean, I, look. Everybody's always dreamed about coming up with like an alias. Yeah, wow. where's where'd the alias come from? Man, I was really into a uh, I was really into a singer songwriter from Mississippi uh, named Paul Thorne there for a little while, and he was just cool. And uh, so his name was like Paul. He would tell these stories in his in his uh, show, and <laughs> like Paul Wayne would be what his story. So I just stole that, and then my mother's maiden name was Walker, and it just kind of worked that way. And, and uh, so yeah, oh Paul Wayne Walker. I kind of I miss those days. Those were. I don't know. Days. I don't know if you watch Parks and Rec, but you're the real life Ron Swanson. You're Duke Silver out doing your gigs. He does his <laughs> yeah. jazz gigs, and he doesn't want anybody at the Parks Department to know who he is. That's exactly. a real life version. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's really funny. You zig when they're zagging. Yep. Yeah. What was your like inspirations of music like, girl? Like I know you probably were country, and you said like a Mississippi writer and stuff like that. But did you like? Did you like other types of, types of music? Rock, like you know, oh, punk yeah. rock, pop rock, all that stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, the first, you know, country radio is kind of the default setting. You know, that, that was what was playing everywhere. But the the music, I think the first music I ever bought would have been like Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, and uh, I love that all that '90s like alternative music I just I still love it like Hootie and you know it's kind of weird but you know, like Hootie and the Blowfish and and uh Oasis and uh man so many of those bands from from that time were just like even to this day I still I, they're just really influential I feel like you know you mix that with the country music and man I you know I played basketball my whole life so I'm no no stranger to hip-hop either so like all those kind of get mixed up together and you know, like everybody, nobody listens to one kind of music, and I'm I'm. Right. So when uh when we were in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, we were there with Jake Owen, Hardy, a bunch of these guys. I understand you did a golf trip with these guys, but when I was I played a little uh, practice round a couple of days before our match with Jake, and in the cart he was singing this like rap song that he's been working on with his boys. Like, do you guys fuck around with that other stuff a lot? Like, is that is that even help? Like, does it help to kind of inspire and get you going in the music that you're obviously like specializing in 100 percent, man yeah i mean yeah I, you know i just sang a feature on a rap song here not too long ago um uh, from a guy that well, i had the opportunity to just because like i don't know i was think that'd be the like nate dog had the coolest job man he just went on and was just hard as hell on all these other rappers records about you know how badass they were and you know he just the voice of all of them singing the hooks. I was like, that's the coolest shit ever. So, uh, yeah, man, like anytime I get outside the box and, and uh, do it, it's just, you know, it's like anything else, man. You kind of get stuck doing one thing. And even if you love it, you want to, you want to branch out so that you can, uh, when you do come back to what you do, you at least have a different perspective and have some fun. Yeah. Trent's our big rap guy. So he's all pumped right now. I right? mean, I love Nate dog. He was what a legend. He's the greatest ever do it. The greatest hook singer to ever do it. I mean, honestly, the goat, you know. <laughs> you're, you're really, really comfortable, obviously, in, in your setting now. 
um, when you step on the golf course, is it is it a nerve wracking place? What's what's your vibes like on the golf course? Do you get the first tee jitters? Or where, where's your game at right now? <laughs> well, um, I do get the first tee jitters, but that's part of like what I love about it is like it's one of the few things like that and singing a national anthem are like the most nerve wracking things. If I'm <laughs> like I, like on a guy's trip or something, I'm playing a match. So, uh, but I up until the last few weeks, I had been playing playing a lot of golf but even when I was on that that Pinehurst trip I've been playing the worst golf that I have in like all of 2020 for sure like at the wrong time you know like it's one thing to go play you know Pinehurst number two and it's going to kick your ass anyway but then to just be absolutely hitting it like hammered dog shit is just a real exercise in um uh, character because I just wanted to break every club you know and then I didn't want everybody to have a bad time and it was it sucked it was great but it sucked and and you playing your worst golf amongst friends and people that you want to like play well in front of right like you finally get a boys trip together and you're playing like shit it's embarrassing you don't you have to like make excuses everyone's looking at you like you're the odd man out it's the worst feeling I'm as you can tell I'm very familiar with that situation <laughs> I was gonna say you just wrote my life right there <laughs> If you can make that shit rhyme, then uh, we'll have a song. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie Shanks. Uh, uh, no, dude, no, that, uh, that, happened, that happened to me this year. We went to – me, Lurch, our friend Josh, and our guy Gordon got out to play Cypress finally. And, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, Cypress is up there with, like, a gust, like a top two course yeah. you could possibly play. And we were so excited. The perfect weather – our host was such a nice guy, and he's he busted my balls about barstool and we'll play a little bit on the range. We get out there and get a couple holes in. Played the first couple holes decently, and then I mean I couldn't hit a tee shot in play. And Cyprus is like a place you can't even lose a ball in Cyprus. I lost a ball on everything. Like <laughs> it was just, it was, and you know there was some moments on like nine and ten where you know these holes like 14, 15, 16, 17 are coming up that are like the most iconic holes in the world. You're like, okay, you got to find something. But then I hit a tee shot, you know, 170 yards right out of play. And I just was hanging in my head and I was like, find a way. Like you said, it was the most trying moment of trying to like hold on to my character that I've ever yeah. had. So I'm like, nobody else cares that you're playing bad, but you're really sad about it. So just try to stay positive, and it was really difficult. Yeah, man, it's the, that's the challenge, man, because, God, playing good golf is the best, but playing shitty golf is the absolute worst. Sounds yeah, like talk, yeah. talk to me about being a – You don't know how to fix it either. You know, like for us, like if it goes bad, that thing, no ability to right the ship because I don't have a trustworthy swing. Like we all picked up golf after like high school or grade school or whatever. Exactly. So. You exactly. just don't have a swing to go back to. So then it's just a mess if it goes off the rails. Oh, it's like when I play basketball, even to this day, I don't think about what my elbow and right. – I don't think about beef and shit. You know, I go shoot the damn ball. And with golf, I'm like, okay, let me – you know, I know exactly what you mean. It, yeah. Right. And then your buddy has, like, the balls that will be like, dude, I think you're just, like, swaying a little bit or, like, says some comment to you. And you weren't even in that, like, stratosphere of thought. Right. Like, dude, now I got no – I don't even know up from down now. This Man, is just, you're like, um, actually, buddy, how about – I was thinking you should go fuck yourself. That's like what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why don't you just leave my swing alone right now? I'm in my own place. <laughs> uh, so, 
Pioneer's trip was quite the crew. I mean, you guys, you had Jake Owen, you had Hardy. What, uh, what's a trip like that? I mean, you got a bunch of country stars. Like, what's a trip like that like? Well, you know, first of all, it was great because it was, like, organized and, and everybody knew what they were doing. Chris Lane put it on, man. And, and uh, yeah, I met a bunch of people that I, that I didn't know, you know, on that trip and, or that I just kind of barely knew and, and got to spend some time with some, some folks. And, I mean, it's just like – just a golf trip with your guys and you, you know, you want to, you want to play well. It's, it's, it's really no different unless you get around like, you know, when there's like, when Jake is there and when um, like uh, Charles Kelly, you know, he was there and you kind of get to get to those guys, you know, it's a little bit different for, for, for them in terms of being in public, you know, maybe Brett Young a little bit too. And, and like, you know, but for me, like one out of not that many people know who I am and, on a, and not on, really on a golf course anyway. So it's not like, just like a boys trip, honestly. It was great though. Piners. We we've all had some good times at Piners. So yeah, Riggs lived there for 185 days. Um there's ninety nine out of ninety nine. Dude, talk to me about being a six seven golfer. Do you come across problems with clubs and stuff? Do you have to get everything like extended? What's that like? Yeah, man, I do. And I mean, it's a nice built in excuse, you know. It's like it's like, oh well, I, you know, there's there's uh, not a lot of tall golfers out there, but uh you know, like, I guess there are, but that's my excuse. So that's nice. Um, but, yeah, you just got to get shit this longer. And, um, yeah, it's like buying pants. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's just hard because, like, when you learn, right, like, you probably learned on shorter clubs and stuff. Yeah. Like, you pick up the clubs that, like, Dick Sporting Goods. And then, like, you then have – when you re- figure out – like, for me, the biggest thing that I was the most eye-opening experience in golf was getting fitted for clubs mm-hmm. with like, – shafts and the and the and the stiffness and the lofts and all that like I, I just always picked up clubs off the rack and just used them and I can't imagine being seven inches tall or eight inches tall or however tall I am like that I would just I'd be like oh this is just how you play you hunch over you barely reach the ground with the club and that's how you play and then finally you get a fitting it's like oh shit I can actually do this now it must have been like it must have been like putting on glasses for the first time like this is a whole new world <laughs> exactly man it's like um but again, it's another built-in excuse. So that's nice, you know, that I can just be like, well, it's the equipment. It's <laughs> yeah. the reason that I'm not uh, as good as, as all y'all. Have you, have you ever had uh, to rent clubs? Like I, renting clubs must be a nightmare for you. If you show up yeah, somewhere, you're I like, mean, no, I can't play with these. Look at these clubs. Like I can't. Yeah, man. Like I've rented clubs before, but honestly, at this point now, um, I just, I bring my clubs a lot of the time. Like I probably, I at all, almost all the time, I've got a guitar on my back in the airport and my clubs are checked. And uh, cause I do, I love to play when we're on the road, I keep them under the bus and, and uh, but yeah, renting clubs is just kind of like, can't really do it. You know, I can, I can play long irons, you know, that that's, that's fine. And, and my driver and stuff like that, none, none of that's longer. I just kind of get closer to it. But, um, but yeah, when it gets down to like short irons and wedges, it's like, can't they can't do it yeah like golf's contagious in that nashville area man every one of you guys every one of you guys we talked to you all got a bunch of buddies that are in the music industry that we know that like they're all golfing and it's real contagious down there i get i get the vibe yeah man and it's a lot of you know a lot of people a lot of us play ball you know in, in high school a lot in college as well and and uh there's something about that that you know, music is definitely a competitive thing, but not, it's like indirectly competitive. You know, I can't like, 
my input, like what I wrote the song today, is not going to show up the way, you know, a, 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 a fairway and regulation does. And so there's something about uh, keeping score that way that I, I know I, I really love. It's a little more objective and it's a little more, you know, input output. Um, and so that, and that's, that's definitely part of it. And I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the guys, especially ones that play ball, any kind of ball, you know, before, before music is, is kind of that way. I feel like too, the music, the country music seems very collaborative. I feel like a, all you guys know each other, help each other out, right together. I feel like it's, I don't know, it just seems more collaborative than I would get. Yeah, and, and it's Nashville's kind of a small town, and uh, you know we're all just a bunch of bros. To be honest with you, and we all like all the same stuff. Like we're all gambling on football, we're all playing golf, gambling on that. We're all drinking beer, we're all playing music. Like you just have to end up having so much in common that that it's like, well, after we get done working today, let's let's go hang out, and and uh, that's really a great part of the community and a great part of what makes Nashville great because it really is kind of just a big old small town. It kind of sounds like you guys got a pretty good life going on down there. Maybe I should try my hand at Nashville. Yeah, come on down. Come on <laughs> down. Man, when it works, it's great. It's great for sure. I don't think this voice would sustain any uh, sort of lifestyle down there. They but, kick uh, you. Remember, no. like, Lurch, there's a couple of places, Lurch, you can't go, I don't think. Arizona is just too hot for your big person. Yep. And Nashville, I think your vo your voice is too trombony to be allowed around. <laughs> Did play the trombone in a third and fourth grade band, though. That's when I knew <laughs> music's probably not for me. Like it's like a deep voice, but it's not like Johnny Cash. It's like a bad no, deep no. voice. I got yeah. I'm so <laughs> yeah. it's, crazy. it's terrible how tone deaf I am. Off putting. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Rowan in a rap battle once told someone that he they are. An, they're uncomfortable to be around. You're uncomfortable to listen to. <laughs> that reminds me, last year, almost a year ago today, I finished not dead last in a rap battle uh, at a bar after a, after a show uh, in somewhere in Iowa. So it's like Iowa, so whatever. But, hey, I didn't come in last. I'm from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. There you go. That's a bad break. <laughs> you can say that. That's a bad mean? break. Like, how, how... <laughs> well, how come if if you're from Iowa, then then how come y'all don't have better taste in in uh, in bars that I was spitting out there? How come I didn't win? <laughs> I mean, I I can't speak to your bars because I wasn't there. But I mean, I I don't know. Maybe they're just not as educated in the rap game as I am, being from Iowa. Yeah, we have a guy named Roan, Roni Baby the Prince. He's one of the most talented people at Barstool Sports. He is a rap battle champion, like 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 Return of the King. He goes to this place, uh, King of the Dot, the King of the Dot in Toronto. It's like the ultimate, the ultimate rap battles like uh, like place. And his videos, honestly, if you ever have time to kill, go type in Roan rap battles. You will uh, laugh so hard at how much he did. Something about rap battling is like it's not just like getting in like the rhythm and getting that like lyrics and the rhyme, but he destroys this person on every single level of their body. Like he goes to like their history, their parents, their ex girlfriends. He's like, and he's tying it all together with words you can't imagine. It's like he's a lyrical genius. Honestly, you have, you have to check this out. It's insane. What's it called? Rome the what? His name's Roan. So if you type in Roan, R-O-N-E, and there's like rap battle, like Roan versus, uh, I don't know, it'll be, there'll be a million. A lot will come up. A ton will come up. 
Dude, he is just, and the crowd goes crazy, and and he's pulling words like you can't. He'll like say Ron Artest, and then say something that rhymes with Ron Artest, but it's about a game Ron Artest was in. It's it's crazy. So yeah, it, you don't get me going about rap battle because I, I watch those on YouTube all day long. I love it. That's that's badass. I I the only rap battles I ever knew about was like you know Eight Mile. So I walked in this bar yes. and they were just like doing it, and they and they needed some more people to do it, and I was like. Fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, God. I've seen the movie, I'll do it. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Yeah, it's Mom's Spaghetti. This is easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't want to give the impression that I was in any way good at it. Like, I, I was well. not. I was not. But I, uh, I was, uh, I was a mark for somebody. But anyway. Yeah, it's like, it's just like when somebody asks you, like, oh, you play a lot of golf. Like, yeah. And you're like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not in any way good at it, but I yeah. play it all the I love it. I just yeah. suck at it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Matt. Well, hey, man, this is a lot of fun. We got to get out and play golf sometimes. As a bummer, we missed you um, for the four-man scramble. We absolutely destroyed your uh, your peers a couple weeks ago. Man, I heard y'all gave them the business. Yeah. We, we kind of brought it. Like, we we suck all year round when we play golf on camera. And then when these matches, we peak. We're like, we're like Brooks Kepka. We, like, peak for the real big ones. And then where you can miss the cut every other week, where you miss cut. I think Jake Owen got transfusioned. I think I think we I think Jake lost his edge when he, he had a couple of transfusions, so that was a huge advantage for us. He, he was really you know, loose with his swings. It's yeah, kind of his part fault of the game. going in and not being prepared. You know, you, you got to work Hold up it. to that. Yeah, golf's a metal game. game. Yeah, like if you're the guy in your foursome that just got too drunk and couldn't keep it together in the back night, like that's on you. That's part of the game. So. <laughs> I, I I was drinking a bunch too. I still made the putt to win. So it's like you got to find the balance. Yeah, you know some people, out. some people are just champions. They're just born born winners, and that's what it sounds like. Uh, Dude, I wasn't gonna say Darius, a couple born Darius, winners in here. Darius Rucker on like the second hole, as Jake was putting, he like the ball was rolling, and and Darius was like, "Some people are just born with the clutch gene," and then the ball just missed. It was such a good line, but then. <laughs> He, Jake missed the putt by maybe four and a half feet left. It was so funny. It's in the video. We were like, I remember when we were watching the edit, I almost like told Brennan to take it out because it was like embarrassing for Darius. But honestly, it's going to live on that video forever. He's like, some people are just born with the clutch gene. And it didn't even, it didn't even come to just oh, he just, They made two bogeys early as being a scramble. They're like, I don't even think we played that well. If you're just saying like, wasn't somebody's day, it was not their day as a collective. Yeah, they they were wrong. And they're all. I've not played with. Uh, I've not. I don't know anything about Morgan's game, but but Hardy Hardy can play. Hardy's I mean, good. he's pretty good. Yeah, and I know Jake. Jake is obviously great, and everybody says Darius is unbelievable. So, I mean, you know, I would honestly like if you ran that match back a hundred times. I'm not convinced we would win fifty-one times, but that day, that day we won okay. pretty handedly. Hell yeah! One time. Hell yeah! Y'all were at Trudeau, uh, right? Yeah. 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 It's sick out there. All right, Matt. Well, hey, man. We I'm sure you got some, uh, you know, some Zoom writing or some golf to be playing or something better to be on. So we appreciate you taking the time. Hey, let's uh, let's swing them soon. That's why they that's why they make handicaps. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Let's get out and play. We appreciate it. All right, fellas. Later. Thanks, Matt. Later. See you, man. Thank you, folks. One of the quickest, hottest, most most fastest, I don't know if that, you can't say that, what, fastest is probably the better term, selling things that we've ever put on store, on our store, on sale, can't speak right now, are the Unreal 
hoodies, quarter zips that we put out a few weeks ago now. They sold out in like 10 minutes. U-N-R-L is how it's spelled. They are bridging the gap between sport and casual wear. Unreal designs that clothing with versatility that takes you from the office to the gym, or the airport to the golf course, or really anywhere to the golf course because I've been rocking these hoodies. I'm wearing one right now on the course for weeks now. It's been a little chilly. It's fall golf, and they're just perfect. They are that sporty look, that sporty material, yet they keep you warm. You can wear them really anywhere. I mean, like you can wear them uh, in the clubhouse. You can wear them uh, to the office, at least at barstoolsports.com. You can wear them to the gym to work out. You can wear them for a little run. Really wear uh, this good stuff whenever the hell you want. Look just as good at the 19th hole as it does on the 18th hole. We're pushing these guys to keep building out their golf line. They gave us their word that the spring of 2021 collection is going to have some real hitters, some real heat. It's new business casual for all you work from home folks. Uh, we're going to do you a solid. You go over to unrl.co and use code barstool15. You're going to get 15% off your entire order. That's unreal.co. Barstool 15 gives you 15% off your entire order. That is spelled U-N-R-L dot co. Use the code Barstool 15 for 15% off your order. Uh, all right. Why do, some, from why do some websites have the co instead of com? I don't know. That's my answer. Yeah. I was just wondering if anybody knew because it's rare, but it does happen. And I don't know why. Where's that at? I don't know, man. This maybe it's just like they feel like that grabs people. Like you remember it. Like I may remember unrl.co more than just .com, just because it's different. I'm sure there's something where they're like, where are they stationed? Where are their servers? What kind of network are they on? I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'm guessing it has something to do with that. Like what's the difference between .net and .com? .co is used as a second-level domain in the domain name system used to route internet traffic. Domain registrates. Registrants register second level domains in the form of dot co wow. with a country code. Yeah, Jake, why do you so boring? That's so boring. Why do you choose to, to read stuff that doesn't explain anything? Like, <laughs> that's what I don't get. Wouldn't you read well, it? That's, an be like, that's not going to tell anybody anything. And you decide not to read and you it. You read it with the tone as, a, as if like it's a lot to like take in. So at that point, why even say it? Like, you're like, Dot co is a secondary. It's like, well, I, I, I can't even process what you're saying right now. The tone that you're reading it in was like, you're not going to understand what I'm about. That, that was audio ambient, what we were listening <laughs> to. Right dot co, well, dot co is the domain extension that's more expensive than dot com. There we go. All right. That, that's, a, that's a good, succinct answer. The reason for the higher price is to deter domain name buyers from purchasing domains with dot co. Okay. All so, right. like, if All Dave right. wanted barstool.co, it would have been more expensive. There's an answer, Jake. There, so my advice <laughs> going forward would be read through a little bit before you just start regurgitating it <laughs> in a very sleep-worthy tone, and I think will be good. But I do appreciate you giving us the answer, Jake. I wasn't trying to be rude. All good. <laughs> He's mad. Listen back to that interjection. Tell me that that doesn't sound like the most impossible thing to to understand what you're even saying. Oh, for sure. But that's that's kind of that's kind of my mo, my dot mo. I'm just gonna type this into the Google machine and then just read whatever it says the first line. Exactly. Uh, from the gallery, foreplay at barstoolsports.com. That's how you email us, and we will, uh, if it's good, read it on the show and discuss it. 
Austin. We talked a good amount about Mike Weir on the last show. We really kind of dogged Mike Weir for no reason. He seemed like a great guy, but it was just a very funny contrast. Phil Mickelson out there hitting bombs and destroying uh, 50-plus-year-old golfers, and then Mike Weir, one of those golfers. Uh, Austin said, hello, boys. Quick comment story about Mike Weir that you might like. Both Mike and my mom grew up in the same town in southern Canada. The two actually ended up dating for years all throughout high school. My mom decided to break up with him when he told her that he needed to move to the States to pursue golf. She didn't fully understand or believe what he was telling her about the, his futures in golf. She ended up breaking up with him and obviously found uh, soon ended up becoming my dad several months later. Fast forward to about two years ago, my mom told me and my brother this story. We could not believe the fact that we both could be 10 times better at golf than we are right now uh, if we had just had Mike Weir as our dad. Yes, we love our current dad, but come fucking on. How cool would it be to have your dad as a Masters champion? First lefty and first Canadian as well. Ironically, both me and my bro play golf left-handed just like Mike, and we both have played really well at Mike's home course in Canada. Love how you guys ripped him a little bit, made me laugh about how I could be in Florida right now, hitting bombs with Mike Weir as my father and not freezing cold shooting 87 in Canada. Long-time listener, well, love the show. Now, this, this guy being like, my dad, my dad could just be Mike Weir is a very ridiculous right. thing to say. This. <laughs> just saying, like, but like, just get in a fight with your dad. Now he's just throwing his like haymaker under his like dad's like persona and who he is. Is like, oh no, that, like that could have been my dad. And then also the thought that you'd just be the same person and then like just swap out dad for Mike Weir is just an incredible thought on its own. So I mean, yeah, Canada not really understanding golf or how life works not to get too gross but that's a completely different seed you're <laughs> you're not a you're not you man you wouldn't you're not you at all it's no. totally right right like who knows like weird doesn't have, have swimmers it's like you don't know like you don't know what like what, what instead of weird swimmers swimmers, swimmers. <laughs> like you just don't know man like like tell like chromosomes and all that stuff works it's the fucking the seed and the fucking you want to, this is, you want to give this our is us the bees uh frankie this is uh-huh. us telling you <laughs> right that's right uh so yeah you just wouldn't you wouldn't be you that's not really how it works. like he might not be a listen his personality might be so different that he doesn't listen to this podcast then he doesn't listen like we don't get that email like it's a butterfly effect right. like everything else also he's not he like he, he's not, you know what i mean like it's impossible like just doesn't even exist. Girls, it looks like. So I don't know if he'd have a boy. There you go. I probably won't have a boy. I don't have what it takes. No. Takes a man to make a man. It's a very funny yeah. email from That's that guy. That's not true, actually. It's just ran- it's totally random based on just randomness. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I know I can't. Like, I can't produce a basketball. I, I can't produce like a tall person, like a basketball player, football player. It has to be. Well, yeah. a, that, I'm not. Genetic. Yeah, but you didn't That's say. Not, That's not gender. You're talking about genetics. We're just talking about the randomness of having a male versus a female. Right. I also meant just like a man. Like, I, like I can't make a man. Oh, gotcha. You're saying you might even have produce a feminine male. Yes. Yes. But yeah. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong. Because it would be like another me, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that email from that guy, though. That was a very funny email. I died. I loved it. Um, Jared... J-E-R-O-D, Gerard, Jarrett, Gerard. He says, me and my playing partners have a rule that we enact and we all hit our tee shots OB. If everyone does it, we all tee it up again. Don't take the penalty. We just call it a team re-tee. 
I know your question. Yes, there have been a multiple. There have been a few times where we had multiple team retees on the same tee box. Um, is this kosher? Absolutely. I think we've all been in a situation where, first of all, golf's all about just having fun and enjoying yourself. So, like, if you really want to be a stickler about the handicap system and you should take the penalty, whatever, this isn't really about that. This is four guys out there having a good time playing golf. And everybody has seen three balls, especially on, like, a par three with water, where, like, the first three guys hit in the water, and the, everyone's like, all right, fourth guy, hit it in the fucking water, please, so that we can all just read to Yeah, I like that. I like, um, I like that rule a lot. The fourth guy being rooted against by his partners is hilarious. I like that very much. We did that the other day. We're on, like, the 14th hole even, and first three guys just, like, ripped it to Never Neverland, and it was – starting to become like dusk and you couldn't really see the ball. It was a little cold. You didn't even want to search for it. And then everybody just starts rooting against the fourth guard to shank it. And it was a par five actually. And there was a lot of people playing. So we wanted to keep up pace of the play. So we said to him, if you shank this ball, we'll just go up there, drop four balls from 250 out and just play from there. So it was definitely, it was multiple levels of cheating, but who cares? We're out there for the enjoyment. Yeah, not But it's also, it's not cheating because if everybody just agrees to do the right. same thing, who cares? Right. Uh, Eric, with a K, says, I know this isn't a hockey podcast, but at what age is too old to wear a jersey to a game? Or is it okay if the player whose jersey you are wearing is older than you? Yeah. Um, Frankie jumped all over that one. Right, because it was, like, directed at it. <laughs> I've worn a Josh Bailey jersey. So I, I, I wore a Josh Bailey jersey every single game, like, five years ago like every single game same one there's fucking ketchup stains all over the white part of the island of jersey the whole thing it's disgusting never watched it and then uh yeah and then like you start to meet these guys and like for me like i don't know i think it's a little tough like i think i have to now wear retired players or like guys it's like during the playoffs this year i wore um a michael pecka jersey and like guys that were, you know, like I wore a Bailey jersey one night and they got blown out and I almost, I think I burnt it. Um, they, they, when you like realize that like Brock Nelson's like my age and he's like one of my buddies now, like I can't, I don't know. It's it's like you're showing support, but also it's like you can't be wearing the guy's name on your back, right? Like I don't know. I, I, I think it makes a comeback. Man. Sorry, Trent, were you gonna go? No, but I was just gonna say, and like. Uh, there is something strange about wearing a jersey of someone that's younger than you. It's I, I don't know why, but it just feels different. I, maybe it shouldn't be that way, but if, if you were to put on a jersey of someone who was, like, two years younger than you, it just feels strange. Yeah, yeah. it's also like you're saying, you're saying, like, that that man is better than I am, which, like, when you're not <laughs> – when you're not quite as old as they are yet, it's like, no, I still could catch up. So, like, in theory, that I, I could, I'm looking up to that person and I could get there because they're still older than I am. When they're younger, you're just like, I'm pathetic. And that man on the back of my jersey has, like, cucked my life. And I, he's so much better at it that I'm wearing his jersey. But if you're uh, big, yeah, but it depends if you're like – those people. So, like, when you're a kid, you, like, want to become, like, the right winger for the St. Louis Blues. But then when you get to that age, like I still have a Richter jersey that I wear to some games sometimes, and it's a great jersey. Got the Stanley Cup match on the shoulder. From across the garden before. I didn't hear what you said. If I were to get another jersey, <laughs> jersey I've seen you in it. You look like the blimp that drops the fucking Remax things for the I've seen you in that jersey before from across the garden. 
So if I were to get another jersey, I would just get a Rangers jersey, but with no name Not on it. Not your ears, you're just ignoring it. He's ignoring it. Like you're speaking when I'm speaking, so I honestly have no idea what you're saying. Well, then you, kept, you, said, I, you said, I don't know what you're saying, and then you kept talking. Like I was trying well, to Well, because I was just getting my point out. Well, I said you looked horrible in that Richter jersey. I've seen you at Madison Square Garden from across the way. You look like the Remax blimp that drops a little 25% off your first uh, – your yeah. first like call with them or whatever, yeah. and it's a little blimp that goes around. It's like the blue and orange and the white. The oh, sides yeah. look like the fucking. You looked like you actually had to buy two seats at the garden. I remember looking at you. You were on that corner. I was on the other corner. I said, "Look at that fucking guy on the other corner. That jersey's huge on you. It's like a triple XL." Yeah, it's a goalie jersey, man. <laughs> Massive. Go on. No, I was it. I just if uh, I were gonna get another jersey, it would be nameless. I don't know. I think like. I could still see myself rocking a Brock Nelson or like a Barzell jersey, even like even though like it's a little weird because I like. It's you know these strange. guys? It's strange. <laughs> are I you going I, wait, are you friends with these guys? <laughs> but my point is like, imagine seeing them uh, wearing their name on the back of your jersey. It feels very. That's inferior. but you're but that's such a specific instance. Like I that could happen to anything. Like like you're walking. You're walking to your car and they're walking to their car or something. And they they just like see your like they see you wearing their name on the back of jersey. It's like wow, like that guy's 19 years older than me. Like for a Barzell seeing like a dad wearing it, it's got to be a little weird. No, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. I think like if that's your team and that's your guy, where the like that's you're supporting your team. Also, like, yeah, also wear a Morikawa jersey. Riggs, in, in, in the so, situation that you laid out with yours, like if you have aspirations, if you had aspirations to play that sport and become pro in that sport, then yeah, maybe it is weird if you end up buying a jersey where it's like, yeah, I want to do this, but this guy is clearly better than me. But I think other than that scenario, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think it's like all just how you like think about it and defend about it. Like, <laughs> I think if I were to get a jersey, I'm just a fan of the Rangers now. I don't really care so much about what the players – like who the players are on the team. I yeah. just like the Rangers to win. So, I think Jones. I a Rangers jersey with no name. Jones has his – E-Bug, E-Bug has is that own. your plate? Is that your plate from your jersey as an E-Bug? Yeah, they gave it to you at the end of the year. That's pretty cool. awesome. I think I, would ro- cool. I think I would rock a Brendan Jones jersey. That's what Definitely. I'm saying. Thank you, Trent. Thank you, Good Trent. Man. Easy. I would wear a I would wear an e-bug New York Islanders jersey for sure. For sure. Definitely. That'd be I mean, cool. That'd be like that's like supporting a guy though. Frankie's instance is a little different. Like if He's Frankie grew up with Brock Nelson, it'd be way easier to wear his jersey. But now that like Frankie's been like merged together with these people, it's a does bit he know them. Well, Riggs, it's like would you wear would you show up to uh let's say like Justin Thomas invited you to like watch a tournament? And you like went to the turn. Would you wear like a Justin Thomas like uh, like shirt, like a little jersey? It's like Team Titleist on the back. It says J- Thomas on the back. That's, and then like, you no, meet that's, him, like, drinks that's different. No, that's different Why? because that's not that's different because they don't wear jerseys on the course. Like I'm that's not what they do. All right, but like it's the same shit. Like they don't wear like they don't wear jerseys in baseball, but everyone wears like the fucking jersey to a baseball game. It's like the, well, it's like just, it's yeah, just like I mean, your team. It's your player. My guy wore a fucking Tiger Woods outfit when I met Jack Nicklaus. <laughs> right, Tiger Woods is like older, and that he's like that guy. That's that's exactly what we said. He's the Richter. He's the fucking. He's the guy you look up to. Everyone can rock a Tiger Woods fucking shirt. Would you mimic like wearing like what Bryson wears on the golf course in support of Bryson? Like, would you wear that hat? 
his outfit, his sponsors. In a serious setting. He's like, hey, come for drinks after, like, after we play at the players. I want you to, like, meet my buddies and, like, you show up in a fucking hat. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you I would, think that'd be incredible. Right, but it would be, like, a comical thing. Yeah, but, but the difference is nobody does that in, in, in sports. Lots of people do that. You go to the – you literally go to the pro shop and the merchandise store all up and down the concourse. They have jerseys everywhere to be bought. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I don't know where I stand on it. <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't judge anybody anybody who ha- has that going That on. is my point, actually. I've never judged someone for doing it, so I don't know where I fall. Like, I've seen millions of people wear jerseys, and I like it. Like, that's what makes going to games good. I just – I've stopped wearing them recently just because of, like, I don't know. Because, I don't know. Why? because of why? The older I get, the less I wear jerseys. That's just a fact. I mean, like, I can't rock jerseys like Coley Mick. Coley Mick can wear a jersey every day. And yeah. He looks good wearing jerseys. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I think – I almost wish I could wear – I guess I could wear jerseys anytime I want. But there are specific people who are jersey people, and it's not a, a knock on them or anything. It's just that they wear jerseys well. Glenny Balls. Glenny Balls is a huge jersey. Glenny Balls wear jerseys for the rest of his life and be fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I stand on it. Well, we're talking a lot about kind of events right now and how you're supposed to handle them. Rough and Rowdy 12, Red vs. Blue, invades West Virginia on October 23rd for a night of knockouts and unparalleled chaos live on pay-per-view. Order now on buyrnr.com to watch unpredictable amateur boxing, ring girl contests, multiple main events, and commentary from the number one announced team in sports entertainment. My, my boys, my brother, my friends have been uh, buying every rough and rowdy for however long it's been, two or three years now. And they get a huge group text going every time. And the whole weekend afterwards, all they are talking about and all they are sending are just social clips and how awesome it was watching rough and rowdy. They're having beers. You can just order it and invite the crew over. So rough and rowdy is the fucking coolest thing, one of the coolest things that we do. Um, if you want a free chance at $25,000, you head to the Play Barstool app to make picks on six of those fights and become a rough and rowdy legend. That's buyrnr.com. That is October 23rd. Get excited. Rough and rowdy is coming. Uh, all right, boys, I think that's all I got. Tiger Woods is playing this weekend. Very exciting stuff. That'll be cool. That will be cool. Frank, are you down in the dumps right now? No. Okay. I thought maybe I thought maybe the jersey thing made you sad oh, or something. Oh no, 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 not at all. Okay. I'm making sure. I didn't want you know, don't what do they say? Don't go to don't go to sleep mad or don't go to bed angry. This is like don't end a podcast if you guys if we got something to talk about. No, I, 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 I'm I'm genuinely trying to think of like where I stand on that on that topic. Lurch, are you all right? Did I feel like Frank you got under your skin with the three XL oh, that. No, I just I wasn't I didn't even hear what you said. It's like whatever. It's just another Frankie comment. Oh, okay. that sounds a lot like somebody. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, what am I supposed to react no, like every I'm time? Just like, observing. I'm just observing. It's oh, it's a podcast. Like you said something, I said something, and usually you respond. You don't like ignore the person because it's like an audio. Uh, well, you said like the jersey was huge. What am I supposed to say? Like, yeah, it was a goalie jersey. Well, I couldn't get that point across because you said I can't hear you right now. So I said, all right, let me say it again, and then you continuously you continue to do the thing. That I think rewinding and going back through this is probably not great podcast. Oh God, <laughs> I, I have a friend just like you that like doesn't like talk about it like you just don't no, i'll talk about it like i said it was a goalie jersey what would be the better reaction frankie 
No, the, yeah, the goalie jersey re- response was fine. That was after that was that was two minutes after we talked over each other on it. My well, point is that you said I can't hear you right now, so I did everything I could to get you to hear my statement, and you continuously did the thing that stopped statement. you from hearing me. You so, calling your jab. You, I was statement. just trying to get to the point. I was just trying to finish what I ha- wanted to say about the jersey. I honestly think like the next jersey that I'll buy will just be a nameless jersey, just because I don't care so much about the players. I just care about the team, and honestly. Like, that, like as just being a fan for the last, whatever, 20 years, 30 years, like, you realize you just don't really care so much about the players. You know, it's like if the team wins, excellent. But it's such a business that people come in and out. Rarely does, like, a player like Messier stay around for a while and have, like, you know, an impacting, like, on the, on the team itself. That part I disagree with slightly. Just like, yeah, I'll always want to rock the emblem on the front, but still, like, I still get worked up about every single player, no matter what season it is. If we get a, if we get a rental, I'll buy that jersey if I have to. Like, yeah. you know, I still get jacked up about the play. The players are what makes the team. Right. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say that. The players, the players are the team, but I, one thing that I would sort of like, I've almost my fandom for the St. Louis Blues is almost more allegiance to the other people that are fans of like, I almost want the blues to win because I want my brother and my dad and my boys and me to be like happy more than I care about like the management of the blues to be happy. So in that sense, it's almost like the aura and the fandom of like my team is more important to me than the actual team. I'm buying a Brock Nelson jersey right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that and that goes in the other side of it. Like, if you're going to buy a lot of jerseys, then, like, yeah, you do buy players. But for me, like, I'm just going to buy one jersey and don't – like, I'm definitely not going to buy a rental just, just be the guy. Put fucking Lurch on the back of that thing. And then you're – Lurch zero zero, like the guy from <laughs> Seinfeld that put uh, the Devil's jersey. What the hell is his name? Oh, my God. Buddy. Buddy. Thank God. Buddy. Buddy. I would get a buddy jersey. Buddy had a good jersey. Quick story. <laughs> this guy, oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. Quick story. My boy, one of my one of my best friends, who's definitely listening to this show right now, he is his. Uh, I think it was like fiance or girlfriend at the time. Now his wife uh, wanted to get him a blues jersey for his birthday, I believe it was, and actually asked the other guys, like, "Hey, I think I'm going to get his last name and his hockey number on the back of the jersey." Do you think that's a good idea? And they were like, yes, definitely. And, and so he, he still wears that jersey to games all the time. And every time he wears it, he's like, you motherfuckers screwed me for life. That's like when he's like growing up number is like the biggest troll job in the history of sports. Amazing. Or like when that when Dwight buys Michael a jersey, it just says from Dwight on the back. Yes. <laughs> Funny shit, uh, man. Frank, have you settled in your mind of what jersey, like where on this jersey debate you stand? Yeah, I think it's fine to wear jerseys. Like I've worn jerseys. I just like never really thought about it that much. You know, I think it goes just along with the person's attitude. Like if you think you're going to like go and like join the team here in two weeks, like, well, then you're a full-fledged idiot and just like, I don't really want to be a fan with you. But if you're just supporting the team and like buy jerseys, I think it's great. Also, I think it reduces – in our world, like the corporate environment that you feel if you're sitting at the lower seats, like it's great to see other people in jerseys because you feel like we're actually fans of the team and like we're excited to have a beer and actually cheer for like the hockey team rather than just, hey, it's like a corporate meeting and I'm taking my client out to this game and then do dinner 
Like that sucks because then they're not going to cheer and they're just not going to get engaged with the fun and enjoy just the athletic product that you're watching. I think as long as you get to that level, then it's great. Then I'm psyched to watch a game with you. Yeah, you got you see somebody at a game in a jersey on that that's a fan, a person yeah. fan of the team. Right. That's been my biggest argument about the the reason why I'm flip flopping is like I want to be able to say that it's like cool to not wear a jersey, but then that's my biggest argument against Madison Square Garden where everyone shows up in a fucking suit and tie from right. their office building because they got free tickets from like the MetLife organization or whatever, and they just show up to watch watch a hockey game and do business. Meanwhile, they call themselves the greatest fans on earth. They can't even go home and bring a fucking jersey and their kid to a game. It's a it's just make a point and relax. Um, Garden's yeah. a disgrace. Kids can't go to games. Like you, you can't be a kid. A kid on Long Island, it's like a fucking once-in-a-lifetime chance to go to the Garden and watch the Rangers play. Meanwhile, you can go watch your favorite team, the Islanders, play every single night. If we if we keep doing this, we're going to have to fade you out again at the end yeah. of this show. Can, you fade us can we out? fade them out? Can we fade them out? We're doing a – oh, this doesn't matter because tomorrow. We're doing a live stream tonight. That should be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm pro Jersey. That's I'm, I've, I've decided I'm pro Jersey. I'm pro Jersey. It gets you to pro fanhood and making it a better environment at the game. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Cool at games. We're fucking watching a sport anyway. Fuck. It's point is it's not a hockey podcast. So Eric, you were right. It's definitely not. We didn't, we don't talk hockey at all on this show. We're going to leave you now and I hope you enjoy the golf this weekend. Watch rough and rowdy by rnr.com. It is the 23rd and uh, we'll be back Tuesday. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. It's hard. It's hard.